This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, welcome back. Mike Smith in for Simi today. That's some of the sound from last night at the B.C. legislature where police were called in to arrest five anti-pipeline protesters who were occupying the building. This happened about 1.30 a.m. last night. A lot of cops from the Victoria Police Department had to come down to the legislature to deal with this. They say that prevented them from responding to some emergency calls last night. They had to deal with this gong show going on at the legislature. Let's check in with Alan Mullen now. He's the chief of staff for the speaker, Daryl Plekis, uh, in the studio. Alan, thanks for coming in. Good morning, Mike. So you were down here last night. eh? You had a late night here. Last yeah, night. the speaker and I were here till about quarter past two in the morning, so uh, yeah. a lot's going on. So what? how did this all start? How did this happen? Well, uh, Minister Scott Fraser, the Minister of uh, Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation, uh, ultimately made the decision to invite some of these protesters, six in total, uh, into the building to, you know, have a meeting. He wanted to discuss with them uh, sort of his discussions from last weekend in Smithers. Uh, I thought it was a, a tremendous show of faith for a Minister of the Crown to invite these folks into the building during a sitting day when the legislature is sitting to have these discussions uh, and, and I think he just wanted to share how his meetings went last weekend. Don't you think it was kind of gullible? Like I take your point that it's a show of good faith but don't you think he was kind of asking for this sit-in? Shouldn't he have realized these people would refuse to leave? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's certainly 2020 is, 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 uh, or hindsight is, is 2020. Obviously, it's yeah. easier for us to say right now, you know, shoulda, coulda've. Uh, but uh, look, he had the discussions with them and, and they made the commitment to him that once the meeting was over, they would vacate. Obviously, they reneged on that. I mean, I think that's the point we need to focus on here. Uh, I mean, we can blame Minister Fraser. I think it was it was a, a huge olive branch, and, yeah. and they agreed to that. Yeah, they, they, they said reneged. they said okay, we will come in for the meeting, and at the end of the meeting, we'll leave. We'll we'll go we'll go outside. They made that so they clear. reneged. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, yeah. They, they made that clear to MLA uh, Adam Olson. They made it clear to the minister and to the minister's staff, and they said it multiple times. And it wasn't until sort of quarter past eight, a couple hours after the uh, the meeting had started, that they then made it clear that no, they they were not leaving. Uh, do I think they probably had that intention from the start? Probably. Uh, but he was going on on that uh, agreement or that good faith. He did trust them. Yes. Okay. Let's have a listen to this, Alan. Here's um they they live streamed the whole sit in. On Facebook, uh, here's a, a little bit of how that sounded. Indigenous youth are currently occupying the inside of the BC Legislative Building. Following a meeting with the Minister of Crown and Indigenous Relations and Reconciliation, Scott Fraser, provincially, uh, he is that representative, and he stated that he will not stand with us. He will not exercise his power to ask Coastal Gaslink to stand down. And so we are staying here until Coastal Gas Link is removed from Wet'suwet'en territories or we are removed from this building. Yeah, you see, this sort of speaks to the lack of good faith on, on the protesters' part there too, in my opinion, when you listen to that, because she's saying that, oh, the reason we're staying is they won't shut down this pipeline. I mean, they knew damn well the government's not going to shut the pipeline down. Absolutely. That's been made clear all along by, yeah. by this government. And, and, uh, that was never up for discussion. Uh, I mean, the minister could have just said, look, I'm not, I'm not speaking with you. I've already spoken last weekend in Smithers with the, with the chiefs and we'll see how those negotiations played out. But he did extend that olive branch and said, look, I'm giving you the time. I'm giving you the respect. I'm giving you, uh, my time 
to discuss it with you at the table uh, in a reasonable fashion and a respectful fashion and and ultimately uh, they reneged on that agreement. Okay, speaking of Alan Mullins, the Chief of Staff for the Speaker at the Legislature, what about the protest camp now in the front steps of the building? I mean, they're still out there, they got tents set up there, they got fires burning, you walk through the legislature halls, it smells like wood smoke in the building, that's been going on for weeks, the whole place has been shut down to public access for two weeks, I mean, you got the politicians in there debating bills and passing laws, and the public is not allowed to come in and watch, which to me is kind of a fundamental impact on our basic democracy going right. on in the building. How long... Is the Speaker of the Legislature, because your boss, Daryl Plekis, is basically in charge of the place, how long is he going to tolerate uh, this protest on the front steps that has shut down public access to the building? Well, we're having uh, discussions uh, not on a daily basis, but on an hourly basis, and we're involving all the stakeholders in that process. Uh, obviously, the, the, it is never, ever ideal to close this place to the public. It is the people's house, and we want no. to open it, but safety and security, obviously, is paramount of the members and of the staff. Uh, this this notion of we have been so lenient, we have been so accepting of that, you know, freedom of speech and right to protest, etc. Right. Uh, but it just seems that you know the line is continually being pushed, and I think uh, what we saw last night uh, really for us draws a line under the sand. I mean, that is a criminal offence. These folks were arrested; they were they will be charged criminally uh, with what? With mischief. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that moving forward, that's that that is the, the the go forward point for us. We also have rules and regulations here at the legislature that say you can't have an open flame, you can't uh, erect tents, and we have been a little bit lenient on that out of an abundance. A little of, bit, I think it'd be very lenient. Well, out of an abundance of respect, because essentially we were saying, look, we're respecting the 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 you know your voices and you want to be heard, etc. But now mm. when we see, like you say, Mike smoke in the hallways yeah. we're saying uh you know what this is this is getting to the point where enough is enough because now it's not a peaceful protest when you are affecting other people like we saw on february 11th yeah. that's why we got that original injunction uh you're blocking people from entering and exiting it's a security concern you're harassing people and that's why we got the injunction and now what we're seeing is this smoke affecting people well that is a non-starter and we're going to have to move yeah forward i mean on the, that. the smoke is not good because I, when i walk around the hallway you can smell the smoke and I, you can smell it in more parts of the building i noticed this morning too you could it seems to be filtering through larger parts of the legislature building that's got to be affecting some people's health or at least their ability to work in this building here if they're smelling smoke all day in their office absolutely yeah. absolutely and we've got a responsibility to make sure everybody is is looked after the protesters included uh but you know it's it about seems, their safety too isn't it, it? absolutely 100 yeah. percent is about their safety and that's why we have the cameras that's why we have the police on site that's why we have our great protective services team but it seems you know uh we're at a point now where you give an inch and a mile is taken uh uh we we, we need to get this place back to the people of british columbia and not just a select few uh who are making agreements and as quick as they make them they seem to renege on them uh and yeah. and and this notion of removing police from the streets of Victoria and other neighboring jurisdictions, to me, is absolutely egregious. That just is a non-starter. And I don't think any citizen of British Columbia or certainly of the, of the uh, you know, Capital Regional District is going to support that action. And, yeah. and as Premier Horgan said, it becomes counterproductive. You know, you're trying to get your message across and then you are breaking the law. Law and order needs to be respected. Uh, and if you have a message to get out there, the quickest way to lose your message is break the law. Yeah, and especially when you're wasting police resources, like you said there. I mean, the Victoria Police have been quite clear that they had to, they had trouble responding to some emergency calls last night because they had to deal with this thing. Because what happened was when they staged the sit-in, 
they quickly put out the word on social media, we need backup. And like a hundred people showed up here. That's amazing. Like at one o'clock in the morning, you got a hundred people surrounding the legislature building. And that's why so many cops had to respond to this thing in order to get people out of the building. The cops had to form like a human tunnel, almost like a flying wedge to take people out of the building. Right. Some of whom had to be carried out. And that's just a waste of police resources. Absolutely, it yeah. is. Yeah, the level of frustration on the police part as well, because everybody wants to be respectful and everybody wants to acknowledge that democratic yeah. right. But uh, the the citizens of Victoria have, have the right to, to be protected so, by their police. So you're telling me that the protest camp on the front steps... Is going to be shut down? Is that what you're saying? Uh, we are we are in active discussions this morning. We are as soon as I, I uh, leave studio here, I will be having some more further discussions as to uh, this this notion of uh, these fires. That's yeah. that's key because that's affecting folks inside the building. Also, uh, erecting tents. We've never allowed that at the BC Legislature. Uh, you know, we are not going to have a situation like we've seen at other places, like City Hall, where it turns into a tent city. That is a non-starter no way okay watching very closely thank you very much for coming in pleasure as always that is alan mullen he is the chief of staff to the speaker daryl plekis five arrests victoria police last night saying they were not happy with their resources being tied up with this gong show last night they couldn't respond to emergency calls because they had to deal with these protesters in the sit-in at the legislature after the BC government allowed the le- the protesters into the building, let's check in with Keith Baldry now, Global News Bureau Chief of the Ledge. Hey, Keith. Grace, mate. Okay, so I'm I'm thinking like Scott Fraser, the the Indigenous Relations Minister, he invites these protesters into the building, mm-hmm. and this is after the security people had been warning the government and everybody around here, do not let them in. I mean, there's double security on all the doors to make sure they can't get inside because this is what they want to do. They want to get inside and occupy the building. And there's police patrols from Victoria Police, uh, two or four of them walking the perimeter of the building on a 24-7 basis. Uh, Yeah, heightened security at every door. And then Scott Fraser, the minister, um, I think he meant well. He sort of of admitted that today. He made a mistake. Uh, He meant well. He wanted to have a dialogue. He told me he thought that because he thought things went fairly well up north with the meeting with hereditary chiefs, establishing a protocol that he thought that could carry over to what's going on here at the legislature. I pointed out to him, these are not hereditary chiefs. So there's a there's a sort of a sense of anarchy here in, in the legislature right now. And he agreed with me. He goes, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so he regrets doing it. He made a mistake. What did he expect, though? Like, didn't didn't he realize if he lets them in, they're not going to leave? If they, if they tell him to his face, yeah, we'll leave after the meeting. Not he should know da- damn well that's not going to happen. He should have known that. He admits yeah. to me that, yeah, I should have known. Uh, it was evident to me when I got a tip last night from, from the ledge that these people are in here, I was incredulous. You mean a minister let them in? Uh, <laughs> is, uh, anybody who's paying attention down here knows you don't let them in because they won't leave. Even walking into work today, I walked in with two cabinet ministers who were both incredulous as well that, that an, one of their colleagues let these, uh, these protesters in because one of the security people here pointed out to me uh, this morning that they have done exactly the opposite of what they promised to do at every step of the way. They promise not to have a fire on the front steps, yet they have a continuing fire. Uh, they promise not to sleep over it, but they've been doing sleepovers every night. They promise to leave in five days. They've been here, well, 10 days now, I think. Uh, so they say they've been breaking every promise along the line. So why should you believe them? They'll say, well, we're going to come in for a meeting and then we'll leave because, of course, they did exactly the opposite. No, they did the opposite. They refused to leave. They staged a sit-in and then, of course, they... They ordered live- pizza. They ordered pizza and they live-streamed the whole thing on Facebook and... Uh, speaking of the pizza, here's one of the uh, occupiers of the building last night, and this is part of the live stream that went out last night on Facebook. Have a listen. We see you. We love you. in the building. 
Oh, Vic PD's in the building. Pizza's not pipelines. Oh yeah. So apparently Vic PD's here. So I should get in this slice. This is great pizza, by the way. I highly recommend. Um, this is from Fresh Slice. Pizza of the Resistance. <laughs> Definitely shout out to Fresh Slice. I hope we get sponsored by Fresh Slice. <laughs> okay. Not um, exactly helping their cause with... The, how did they get the pizza? I came out through the window. They, pa- they passed the pizza in through the window. Yeah, so okay. it's, I mean... <laughs> this took on a sort of an air of comedy, yeah. Uh, rather than well, they're any just laughing, they're just yeah. mocking, they're mocking the cops and the, and the officials <laughs> and in the building. I think they've done themselves a real disservice because if you alienate someone like Scott Fraser, who's yeah. really not happy with what happened here, he thinks I think he feels embarrassed. Uh, he's not. Uh, he's right now as we speak. He's getting roasted in in question period in the yeah. legislature. Uh, they did not uh, do him any favors. So if he if they've lost the support of Scott Fraser, who's probably the only you know sympathetic voice uh, or face around the cabinet table, they've done themselves a real disservice, and I think that's exactly what's happened. But I tell you, I think, and you just had Alan Mullen on, I detect a change in the atmosphere here, that the patience seems to have run out. This may have been the high watermark for these protests, and maybe now you see security, along with Vic PD, move in and start dismantling these these beds that have been erected on the front steps of legislature. Okay, John Horgan's already taken a hit on this thing Mm -hmm. in his approval ratings. If you look at the last Angus Reid poll, his approval numbers are down 10 full percentage points. That That is not good for him. And this is a guy who supports this pipeline. He's been consistently defending it, hasn't really budged an inch on the support of the pipeline, but looks potentially weak in the way that he's responded to these protests. Now here you got another incident where you got one of his key cabinet ministers inviting the protesters into mm-hmm. the building when the place is shut off to the public. Yep. The public's not allowed in, but they're inviting the protesters in. Does this hurt the NDP and this government politically, do you think? I think it does. I think the longer the situation is allowed to be tolerated, the less patience the public has for this and and the impatience the public has for seeing action taken, uh, whether it's bl- dismantling blockades, uh, or getting rid of encampments like this. I don't think uh, anybody wants to see another Oppenheimer Park spring up at the B.C. legislature. And I think if you look at opinion polls over the last month, it started out as a fair amount of sympathy for, for protests about the anti-pipeline side. But as the blockades took hold and people started shutting down downtown intersections, and this protest here at the legislature got a little out of hand a couple weeks ago, you see public support for this start to drop appreciably. And the person who wears that drop in support and an increase in demand of action is... Is, are the political leaders of the yeah. of, of the country? So it's Justin Trudeau's numbers are down. Yeah. Jason Kenney's numbers are down, uh, and John Horgan's numbers are down. The public's fed up with this, and they want to see the political leaders take take action. Having said that, I can sympathize with Horgan because it's not entirely clear what he personally can do about it. Yeah. What about the Liberals now? How is their how are they dealing with this? I noticed last night on, on Twitter. They're just roundly mocking and ridiculing the government for letting these protesters into the building, wasting police resources. The building's been under lockdown for two weeks. The public's not allowed in. Mm -hmm. Longest period in the history of the building, it appears, that it's been shut down and unavailable to the public. 
the liberals having a field day. You mentioned oh, this yeah. question period's going on right now, and the yep. liberals are just roasting them. Yeah, no, this is a, a gift for the BC liberals and any opposition yeah. party across the country because it 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 makes the government look weak. Yeah. And in fact, not only was the public kept out of the building for these few days, Mike, but last night MLAs could not get in the building. Their their uh, card swipes were um, dysfunctional. Oh, they were uh, disabled. Disabled, and uh, that was a security measure was it? Yeah, or? I've never ever heard of an MLA not being allowed access into the BC legislature. The public's one thing, but an MLA not getting in, you and I know the rules in this place. We're not even allowed to impede the, pro, the access to the, to the legislature chamber for an MLA. We can't block their way. We have to get out of the way. Uh, but last night, an extraordinary move. Uh, the, the card swipes were disabled and MLAs could not get in. What Mike Bernier, the Peace River uh, South uh, MLA, uh, get, he had his keys in here for his condo. He wanted to go home, but he couldn't, he couldn't go home because he couldn't come in and get his keys. Okay. okay, so the the MLAs are locked out while the protesters are inside having a pizza yeah. party and, and live streaming it on Facebook. Yeah, it's just... Okay, uh, is there going to be a problem? We've just got a minute left here or so, but when I was speaking to Alan Mullen, the Speaker's mm-hmm. Chief of Staff, like you said, reading between the lines of what he said, it wasn't too difficult. He's They've lost patience over mm-hmm. this. Is this going to be a problem, though, in moving moving this camp? This camp is set up right in the front steps of the building. What, a cop's going to go in there and move them, move well, them aside? Well, there's also this, this theory out there that Vic PD is been told by Victoria City Council, which is very green, uh, not to get involved in this thing. And I don't think legislature security has the the, the manpower, the human resources required that's going to... There's a lot of people needed out there. To, and a lot of people, there's propane tanks, which is ironic, given that this is an anti-fossil fuel protest. <laughs> uh, there was a diesel generator as well. Uh, they've got two or three large tents on the front, on the front yeah. driveway. And then on the, on the front steps, you've actually got... Um, some carpentry, some some beds have been built into the steps, okay. and we'll see if they can dismantle that. Who knows? Keith, thanks for coming in. All right. Busy day for you. Appreciate your time. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, with the latest on the protests at the legislature.